Good morning. Welcome to a special Saturday edition of Conan Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cohn. Minicamp is next week. They canceled the last week of OTAs. They moved up minicamp. I'm a curmudgeon because I'm 35 years old, but I feel like I'm 80 at heart. And so anytime the Niners do anything, I'm like, here we go again. So they've been doing this like two years in a row. And other thing they've been doing for two years in a row is starting slow. I don't know. If you want to have a good September, maybe like fewer practices isn't the answer. But that's just me. Larry, how you doing? You look great on the Saturday morning. Oh, man. Feeling good. Feeling good. No. Good. Uh, great. <laughs> great Saturday weather, man. I love our I love our May and June weather. It's incredible. It's um, nice. Yeah, that was weird. It's almost it's weird. It's almost like either they got more done than they wanted to get done or they're concerned about injury or they just want to get on with vacation. I don't know, because, you know, let's be Probably honest. the last two. Probably yeah. the last two. You know, yeah. talking to some of the coaches, you know, one of the things that, you know, we don't really realize or, you know, football fans may not realize is that it is a freaking grind yeah. from July through June. I mean, it's like July through yeah. Yeah, June 1st. I mean, and then they, they, these guys will be like, if you try to get a hold of a Niner coach between June and camp, like, to, like let's say as soon as this next round of mandatory, um, yeah. you know, practices are done these guys are on a jet to mexico hawaii yeah. wherever this is the family compress yeah, yeah they, they're gonna take yeah. they're gonna be off for the, the players grid. too yeah so for maybe the they just want to speed that up and give maybe i mean heck if i had a staff of guys that were grinding every day all season long and then immediately into you know the the combine and draft prep and all that yeah and then all of a sudden otas and getting everything ready and you know, mandatory I get that. camp. You know what? I, I would get say, that. guys, you know what? I'm doing you all a solid and I'm giving you an extra what the result of this means what an extra week to ten days of off time, maybe? Here's what I would do. I respect that. But at the same time, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. So I would pose it as a question if I were the head coach of the team. What do you guys want to do? I'll give you guys I'll cancel the last week of OTAs. We'll move uh mini camp up. We'll take an extra week of vacation. Or we can grind. Who wants to win a Super Bowl? <laughs> Raise your hand. What do you guys want to do? You call it. If you guys want to work less, we'll work less. You guys want to work more, we'll work more. I don't know. Christian McCaffrey's out there working. I don't think he asked. I don't know. I'm just saying, man, you're this close to winning the Super Bowl. Grind. Do something better. More. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, it, it, it's, I'm taking know, the day off today. I'm chilling. I'm not working out. You know, it's one of those things where I can see it both ways. You know, I mean, I can see it both ways. I can see where, hey, look. Their this yeah. regime hasn't gotten it done yet. In their mind, getting it done is winning the Super Bowl. They haven't achieved that goal. You know, let's let's grind. But on the other hand, you know what? Maybe you get less out of your players and less out of your coaches yeah. if you don't give them a month to make they the play wife forty happy. games the last two years. It's happy. You know, yeah. I mean, they they some yeah. That's yes, another yeah. one. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But you're right. Some teams finish up in yeah. December. Niners are going some years till February. So yeah. It's a tough one. All right, let's talk about these coaching interviews from uh, a couple of days ago. Very interesting because they're informal in the sense like the Niners don't put them on their website. They don't transcribe them. They don't put the audio, don't put the video. It's almost like they didn't happen. Right. We put the video on our website and then the Niners politely asked us to take it down after 24 hours, which is sort of like a league rule that they invoke very rarely. So for whatever reason, the Niners like wanted us to talk to their position coaches, but like didn't want anyone to know about it, um, which is just super strange. So I guess now that it's like a rumor that you got, you can't even find those interviews if you wanted to. Now it's just 
It's a rumor. Let's talk about our impressions of the interviews that never happened. What stood out to you that day? <laughs> I don't even know that I heard anything. I see, <laughs> I see nothing. I hear nothing. Like, what um, was so... Uh, that's a great question. I whoa. Mean, you know, it's funny. We should we should compare notes and go through and say, what was the most revealing quote that you got? What was the most revealing quote that I got? I would say probably when I asked Brian Greasy about about uh, Brock, he was like, hey, you know, there's he kept saying and he said it two or three times. There's a reason we drafted this guy. There's a reason we See, drafted this guy. And so he that's interesting. And, and when I, brought I saw up, it a different way. I saw it a different way. Go ahead. I, I thought he was not particularly enthusiastic about Brock. I thought he was giving Brock backhanded compliments. Like, we yeah, he's, we, we didn't. Talk, yeah. Just for full, full disclosure, you were in the group. I was there first. first. I was there first. And, yeah. And yeah, there yeah. were a lot more people okay. around. I yeah, was there. True. We talked for a while. Branch okay. and Barrows. And we didn't talk specifically that much about Brock. But go ahead. What did you because I wasn't there for your sit down with him. What did he say about Brock? So, okay, um, I asked the first question of the interview, and it's about Sam. And he really lays it on thick with Sam. Like, basically, here's what I'll, I'll, I have the quotes right here. I, I transcribed them. Um, with Sam, he says, I think everybody that knows football or watches foot football can see the skill set that Sam has. To me, it was about can we give him the structure and stability upon which that he can see how good of a player he can be. I think that our system, our offense, it, it's tailor suited to a quarterback coming in and finding their footing and getting stability, which is just a hilarious thing. To, like, what about Trey Lance? What are you talking about? Oh, oh, but Darnold is going to come in. So he's all in with, with Darnold. Anyone that knows football can see the skill set. Then the next question is about Brock. This is from Tracy Sandler. He's, she says, how unusual uh, was it for someone in Brock's position to come in so developed? And Greasy goes, um, well, Brock has a lot of work to do. He had an unbelievable year, and he's like, trying to give him credit, but then go into all the stuff he needs to do to get, because I think he's pushing back on the notion that Brock was developed. Like, no, Brock is not developed. I coached him and I, and we need to keep coaching him. So he, he keeps going, Tracy, uh, clarifies. She says, no, I mean more like the mental and emotional tools. And Greasy goes, you know, he has a very even demeanor, da, 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 gives him all the cr uh, credit for dealing with pressure and handling a veteran, uh, huddle. But then he says, He's had an unbelievable start to his career. Now there's a lot of things that Brock can and needs to get better at for this team to go where he wants to go, where we want to go. Brock and I, we've had that conversation. He's the first one to tell you. And that's normal for a young player. I'm excited to get him back. To me, it just feels like he's a little arrogant. Like, hey, man, if, you know, if we can do what we did with Brock, who frankly doesn't have the most overwhelming skill set, but he's poised, look what we can do with Sam Darnold. It's like, okay, wait a second. I think you're underselling Brock here. I think you're overselling Sam. And what about Trey? Like, didn't you get hired to coach Trey? It was that that all was felt a little strange to me. The whole Brian Greasy what love he, fest for Sam Darnold. Do you have anything that he said about Trey and your guys? Yeah. Whole, what do you say about so Trey? So when asked about Trey, he kept talking about how proud he is that he didn't like get too down and depressed after he got hurt and he stuck around the team. That's all he would say about Trey. Really proud of him, man. Really proud. He wasn't able to really accomplish anything on the field, but he accomplished something off the field. It was like really patronizing really patronizing I, to me what I, the lane that i when I, when he was asked about trey with us and i don't think it was my question or maybe it was my question he he basically stuck to um the he was hurt. He well was well no no he went to the um you know he, this this he didn't you know he's he stayed with it he's working yeah. hard he stayed he's with hard. the they're staying it seems like they're really committed on the let's Good talk guy. up the 
the the person, but yeah. nothing about Good it, intentions. nothing about his throw, nothing about his football, nothing about his development as a player. It's all about man, he's really credit him. He's put in the work. He also didn't want to talk about the Jeff Christensen stuff. Like David Lombardi brought that up and he was like, oh, you know, like yeah, we talked to him about mechanics, a lot of things. But at the same time, you kind of just throw how you throw. It's like, so I think he was a little um, defensive about the fact that like, hey, whatever you've been doing with Trey hasn't been working. And he had to go to Jeff Christensen. And now you're like going to try to maintain what Christensen had been working on. He didn't want to talk about that. He really had nothing nice to, and it's like, he has all these nice things to say about Sam Darnold. Oh, what an, anyone can see the skill set. He just needs a, a an environment that we have and it's going to work like, what about Trey? Trey has a good skill set. You guys traded up for Trey. You guys have the environment. So if it's not working out for Trey, why is it just going to all of a sudden work out for Sam? He didn't put two and two together. And again, all he wanted to talk about with Brock was all the work Brock needs to do. Like, yeah, he's really good at you know escaping pressure, um, but he really needs to work on rhythm and timing from the pocket. It's like, okay, Brian, like, I don't know. I saw you play quarterback, and I saw Brock Purdy play quarterback, and Brock Purdy was better than you. So why don't you be a little bit more enthusiastic, Brian? <laughs> I don't like Brian. I, Brian I mean, rose me the wrong way. I'm so sorry, dude. Well, it's like you he, know, he's dabbling in coaching. Is he even going to be here next year? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, okay, I'll, I'll here. I'll give you my read on those things. One on on the Darnold. I I kind of agree that a lot of Darnold's. Um, I mean, a huge percentage of Darnold's turnovers have come on the Jets when he was behind fourth quarter, trying to make something happen, and he's turning it over. And maybe if he's not in that situation, maybe his numbers look a little bit better. And he has thrown the ball well. But I mean, wasn't he turning it over at USC though? I mean, they he were did winning. Turn it over a lot at USC. That's what he I'm did saying. Turn it over a lot at USC. Yeah. I mean, that, okay. To me, that's why I'm not a big Darnold guy. Personally. Yeah, me too. I, I see a pattern of turnovers <laughs> and college. turnovers beget turnovers. In my Thank opinion, you. it's kind of like Thank some you. things translate. I think sack yeah. production, production, interception I production, agree. it translates. Yeah. But guess what? Interceptions also, I think, you know, come travel with you. You're not going to turn it over a ton at SC and throw tons of picks, get into the NFL, and that's totally gone. But I, th- I do you. see there's upside potential on a much better team for Darnold, and Darnold does throw it well. Maybe with Purdy, he's just trying to dangle the carrot like, hey, you know what? This guy's not a star yet. This guy needs a lot of development. And, you know, I'm going to basically be the guy who's going to be in charge of developing him. So let's let's all pump the brakes on Brock's arrived. The Brock's arrived notion or idea. He's slapping that down because he's a teacher and they get ready to go to school. That's the way I look at it. Also, I, I think he kind of admitted that the Niners and him don't really coach quarterbacks directly in the sense like Trey's the wrong quarterback for them. He needs direct coaching on accuracy and mechanics and stuff and like. They don't have that coach. They don't have the Bobby Turner of quarterbacks or the Chris Forrester of quarterbacks or the Chris Kacarek of quarterbacks. They, they, their, their way of making a quarterback better is coaching him indirectly, giving him a running back, right? Giving him Christian McCaffrey, giving him a defense, giving him a scheme. And, and that's what they're banking on with, with Darnold. Like, hey, you know, he can throw. We don't have to teach him how to throw. All, all we need to do is give him a good environment because that's all we can do. We can't teach Trey. We brought in this project and frankly, none of us know what to do with him. We're, we're, we're the wrong I, that's basically what I'm, I'm hearing from greasy like I, I don't know how to coach this guy but fr- thankfully we don't have to coach darnold we just have to give darnold a better environment to which i say baloney 
baloney, well, but we'll see. It's, yeah, it's it's all going to, you know, the beauty of this whole thing is there ain't no hiding come July and August, right? You know, you either do or you don't, and you either step up and do it. But it is, to me, it's discouraging to hear, you know, you throw the way you throw. Because oh! when they drafted a kid <laughs> who had one year of experience since high school, it was you can read the reports of Lance Zerline and others. Uh, I, I took out the report from uh, um, the guy from The Athletic, Dane Brugler, and it says right there, black and white print. Hey, anybody, this is somewhat of an unprecedented evaluation. He's somewhat right. of an unprecedented prospect. And you better have patience, patience. And what, and what it didn't say there, but it's in it's it's obvious. It's obvious is that you better be able to develop him and bring him along and you know do they have the mike holmgren on staff to bring him from a to b to c to d to get him there or are they going to get off this train and then watch some other quarterback coach step in and maybe develop a uh, train into something but i don't like hearing the way you throw is the way you throw because uh this kid needs to and i kid i mean this young man needs to right needs to evolve and needs to grow and that's through reps but it's also through refinement and i think yeah. that's probably what he's getting from christensen and Correct. and and it sounds like and you know, not getting from greasy well if you're frankly. the teacher if you're the teacher yeah. and all of a sudden you know you know your students are progressing in the summertime when they exactly. go to, to a tutor and you're teaching them for nine months but man they progress like crazy in three weeks with this tutor I think the obvious is points back at you going, how yeah. could he develop for three weeks? Well, thank you. And he didn't develop for nine months. Well, thank you. And so thank there's you. a little, Preach. there's a little like, I think everybody's kind of battling for position under the boards on this one. Yeah. And look, like, let's just back up. So greasy was brought in last year when the idea was, this is Trey's team. He's the future. I mean, they did this, these interviews last year. My Brian greasy interview is still up. They didn't have an issue with him talking last year. Last year, he literally said, that he didn't study Trey Lance before he got the job, that he had two to three days to make a decision. Like, they fast-tracked him into this job. He'd never been a coach before in his life. I don't understand why they hired him. I mean, I'm sure he does certain things well, but he has no history coaching, and he didn't know the first thing about Lance when they hired him. So it's like, he's not here for Lance. He's here to learn Kyle's system and maybe become an offensive coordinator somewhere and be part of his tree. I don't even get it. But if you wanted Trey Lance to work, you should have brought in the best quarterback coach you could find. Someone with a track record of success like Bobby Turner has, like Chris Kacarek has, like Johnny Holland has. Like, where is that guy? You don't have him. You have Clint Kubiak, who's 37. You have Clay Kubiak, who's like 31. And Brian Greasy, a first year. Like the, and so that's why he gravitates to guys like Purdy. He's like Purdy. Nothing if, nothing, Purdy's better than him. But that's a guy he can identify with. He can't identify with Trey Lance. What, what can he? How can he help Trey Lance be a better version of Trey Lance when he's Brian Greasy? I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant. Well, no, I mean it, it comes right down to there's a lot of quarter. There's a lot of uh, of offensive coaches in the NFL that don't develop players. It's all Thank about you. winning games, calling plays, sequencing plays. You know, working on a game plan. Um, and it's not every quarterback that needs lots and lots of development, but they drafted a quarterback that was the most raw quarterback that come out, coming out of college in 40 years. I mean, that should have been like, guys, this isn't like that guy, this guy, that 
none of us have ever seen a prospect like this with the upside, but also with the refinement necessary. Can't how are we going to help refine this player? And I really don't like hearing he throws the way he throws because that that takes I me. Mean, that's like a, stu, a teacher saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know what? He learns the way he learns." No, you're the teacher. You got to bring teacher. him along. So uh, there is there's you know. It, I've had there's been weird vibes. Let's just say that there's been weird dialogue around Trey all off season. There's been weird vibes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I to be honest, I couldn't sit here and tell you how they feel about him or how they feel about him short term, long term, or what their plan is. Um, and, and that's amazing to me because we're there all the time. It's just so obvious to me that Greasy's not invested in Trey. It is painfully obvious that Greasy's not invested in Trey. He says stuff like, I'm so proud of him. Like, he's a make-a-wish kid that just wandered into the organization. Like, he's invested in Brock. He helped pick Brock. He's invested in Sam, clearly. He's talking about how good he can be and why he needs to be here. But Trey, it's like, yeah, man, what a what a good guy who's here for now. Like, it's, And that's too bad. It seemed like the only person... Like, remember, when they drafted Trey, it was, a, it was a mystery to everyone, including most of the people in the organization. It was Kyle's secret. He sprung it on the whole world. We're taking Trey. No one else was invested in the decision except for him. Now, is he even invested in Trey Lance? Like, who in this organization is super behind Trey Lance? I couldn't name one person. And that's too bad. That means that Trey's not going to work out here. It doesn't mean that Trey won't work out. But if that's the, the case, if this is how the, the quarterback coach feel, like, it's not going to work out for Trey here. He can't do this all by himself. He legitimately needs a good coach who's in his corner. I'm sorry. Every, every young quarterback has, needs that. Brock has it. Apparently, Sam Darnold has it now. Everybody does need an advocate, but it's also things have shifted from, you know what? It's all about Trey and developing Trey to it's all about getting it done and winning and everything else. It's like you develop on your own, show up and be ready. Um, Yeah. And and maybe (laughs) maybe we're simplifying it. Maybe there's an awful lot of instruction going on behind the scenes and, and maybe they're bringing them along. But I'll say this. I, I almost feel like I'd love to sit there and just say, hey, you know what? Without telling me about his effort or his character, mm-hmm. tell me what you like about the player. And I'd love to hear what, what comes out of anybody's mouth. Oh, my God. On there. Yeah. Don't tell me like that. With yeah. No mention of his character, because we all yep. know. The character's yep. strong. We all know. Uh, the effort's been done. We get it. Tell me about his football. Tell yeah. me about where he is yeah. football-wise, and let's put the cards on the table and say it for what it is. Let's stop either trying right. to protect trade value or feelings right. or anything else. I just I don't want to know about his character because I know about his character. I don't want to filibuster about his work ethic. Yeah. I want to know about his football. And if you want to pump up his trade value, say something nice. If you can't say anything nice about him in terms of his football uh, skill set, why is he on the team? Cut him. Trade him for a seventh-round pick because clearly you're not worried about him going somewhere else and being good, right? If It seems like to me that the Niners are in this limbo of we don't think he's good, but we also know that we're not good at evaluating quarterbacks or coaching them, so we're afraid that he'll go somewhere else and some a better coach will have success with him. Like, okay, so if you're afraid a better coach will have success with him, then coach him. I just or, feel do like— Do one or the other. Cut him. Keep I, him. I feel like they want to stick to a, a line that they can defend forever, which is, hey, if I, te- if I speak about his character 
I'm on solid ground because I believe in his character. If I talk about his process and his work ethic, I can stick to that. It will last well over time because that's real. But when it comes to his processing, his throwing, his, mm-hmm. his ball, his ball handling, his play action fakes, everything that goes along with playing the position of quarterback. If I comment on that, I'm on the record. My professional opinion is on the record and I got to stand behind that. And I don't feel comfortable standing behind that. So I'm not even going there. That's what I'm reading out of that. The other thing he kept saying uh, was um, the mechanical issues for Trey are overblown because the, the finger really messed everything up. It's like, yeah, the finger messed things up, but the mechanical issues aren't overblown. Okay, that's why he's going to Jeff Christensen. All right. Jeff Christensen didn't say the mechanical issues are overblown. He said it took him four days to figure out all the things that were wrong. So if he says that and Brian Greasy says they're overblown, I'm thinking Brian Greasy again, not a good coach. Wasn't it? I mean, look, he was an NFL player. I'll give him credit for that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that at 47, 48 years old, he can just hop off the couch and say, I'll give this a try. I don't know. But not with this I mean, kind of a project. Before we condemn Greasy. I mean, um, you know, I know but, I, but I hear you, but, but look <laughs> at what they look, what they got out of a rookie quarterback. Now, no how doubt. much of that was him? How much of that was Brock's inherent skills? Well, Brian would want you to think it was offense. him. Brian right. would want you to think it was him. But, but it, could be, yes. it also could be him. Maybe. Right. It could be him. I mean, they did get an awful lot. I'll, I'll say this too. Under Brian Greasy last year, what did we actually get? I felt, and maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like we got the best that we had ever seen out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and we got an unprecedented success out of a seventh round. I mean, was it Brian or was it Christian McCaffrey? E- even if it was one, Christian McCaffrey co- is the quarterback coach on this team. <laughs> well, no, but but before even McCaffrey got there, one thing that we got this year, got last year out of out of Garoppolo is the eradication of the negative plays for the most part because he was throwing that ball into the turf instead of floating that ball in the middle of the field. You know what Greasy's talking to do? He was a little bit more disciplined. You know what Uh, Greasy's talking to do? When you throw the pick six, step out of the back of the end zone first so it doesn't count. So it's a safety (laughs) instead of a pick six. No, you're right. Hey, look, I don't want to completely disregard Greasy because I don't know. I thought Garoppolo played his best football because I felt felt more – I felt like there was – now. Obviously, McCaffrey had a huge impact. And also, that helps. And, and it's not that it didn't have a factor. As soon as McCaffrey was there, then you had an, a safety valve that after he surveyed the field, he could dump it to McCaffrey and he saved a lot of negative plays. Instead of, you know, zero yards. Forcing got, it over they, the middle. They got four yeah. yards off a dump sure. off to McCaffrey. So that helped Garoppolo. But I think Garoppolo's just mindset of throw it away. Go to the next play, like Brady, like Breeze, like all, like Rodgers, like so many great quarterbacks. It seemed like he finally kind of cleared that. What I call Rich Gangarello never got around to teaching how to throw the ball away. Rich Gangarello was awful. Well, I mean, Jimmy's a great competitor, and it's like part of the mindset of like, hey man, I'm gonna, I'm hell bent to make a play is a great mindset for a quarterback. But you're not going if you play if you have 70 offensive snaps in a game, you ain't making 70 plays. There's gonna yeah, be some on. negative plays. Throw that let ball me get away. To, he finally let me get did. back to Brock though. So I, I feel like he's trying to take credit for Brock. But the way I saw it was all of Brock's best plays were Brock freelancing last year. That's what we all loved about Brock. Brock spinning left, Brock running left, running right, running left, running right, throwing a eye. Like that stuff was not had nothing to do with Brian Greasy. What Brian Greasy needed to teach Brock Purdy was to step up in the pocket. That's what he needed to teach him. And clearly he didn't get the message. So, I mean, no offense to Brock, but 
His coach threw him under the bus immediately after the game. So he should have uh, stepped up in the pocket. Well, Brian, that's something you could have had a, a drill on. Uh, the drill they do in practice, Jose Batista says, Larry says, Lance Airmail's the warm-up guy. True. It does happen sometimes. It often happens in that um, uh, uh, opening drill where they have the pads underneath their feet and they're shuffling back and forth, left and right. You know what I'm talking about? I hate yeah. that drill. I hate yeah. that drill. Because Trey's issue is he overstrides. So right off, the first drill of the day, you have him overstriding. Left and right, left and right, left and right, and throwing across the field like, yeah, man, you're reinforcing all of his bad habits. Way to go, Brian Greasy. Way to go. Well, I, the, Way to go. I, the, the one thing I've seen is I feel like he drops the elbow a little bit on some of the on some of the stuff to the you know the ten twelve yard sideline pass, and when you drop the elbow, he's now not on top of the ball. He's under the ball, and the ball's sailing, and it's sailing three four yards beyond, and it's way high. To me, that's the only thing that I see on that. He seems like mechanically he's not on top of the ball. He's kind of, as soon as he's moving it from the side, the ball t- kind of takes off. and Because he's, he's more high than low on the sideline. He's not firing that one into the ground. He's firing yeah. the one into the ground where he's, where he's ripping it um, in the middle of the field with a lot of arm speed. The sideline passes, he's airmailing. Yeah, I'm I mean, not consistent. It happens a lot in that. Fir- I'm just telling you, like, it happens a lot in that initial drill with the right. pads underneath. Watch it. I'm telling you, his, it where there's reinforces where there's all of his head. bad habits. It reinforces all of his, his bad habits. And maybe there is some good to come out of that drill for other quarterbacks, but for him, I think it's bad, especially to start the day like that. <laughs> Whatever, but that's Brian Greasy's problem. Sorry. Uh, Matthew Sanders says, this staff is cowardly. Trey is only quarterback on the roster with potential to go win a Super Bowl. Everything else is lipstick on a pig. No organizational courage. I know, I know why you feel that way. I mean... You made you mortgaged the future for a guy and then said, you know what? Actually, 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 Brock's the guy. It's like, man, Brock is really good. Brock is really good. But you don't know that he's the future and you mortgage the future for this guy. And it feels like you're kind of washing your hands and talking about Sam Darnold. It's just very it feels like a bait and switch to a lot of fans that were like being patient. The organization wasn't patient, but fans were. Well, I look at it this way. Somebody brought this up the other day, and I, you know, at the barber shop, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it." He, and this guy was like, "The barber was like, hey, you know what? I look at Brock Purdy like a seven in hand, and Trey could be a two or a ten, and that they're just now happy with the seven in hand, and they they'll 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 take a they'll take a, a rent they'll take a chance that he's a um, not going to be the ten. Who's well, a no, two? This guy's, this guy's basically saying that we Tim don't know. Tim Tebow was a uh, three and a half. We don't know if Trey's going to be an NFL <laughs> no, I know what he star means. I know what he means. or if he's going to be an NFL it's starter. Fair. So, I mean, that was his verbiage. A 10 or a two, Brock's a two. known seven. And he's saying That's the 49ers up. are just taking the known seven over a potential 10. And this guy's thought was, I don't fault him. But ultimately, they're wrong. If Trey goes somewhere else and becomes a 10, they're right. If Trey goes somewhere else and washes out. Who goes to the club and says, I'm getting myself a seven tonight? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't go to the club. I'm married. Uh, Caesar says, <laughs> yeah. are the, the club, Niners in the, the club? Are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Are the Niners in the process of making Brett, the Brett Favre mistake with Trey Lance? See, that's what I think they're afraid of. I think they, they think he's not good. But at the same time, they know they, their own track record of evaluating their own quarterbacks. Man, if they were good at evaluating their own quarterbacks, Brock would have played a lot earlier last year. Let's be, let's be honest. That's a, good, that's a good mention right there because what yeah. was that? Wasn't that Glanville and, or June Jones in Atlanta saying, 
hey, you know what? Favre needs development. And then uh-huh. Green Bay saying, hmm, we got Mike Holmgren. Come over here, right here. and we'll, yeah, we got we'll, the coach we'll, for this. we'll smooth out the rough edges on this gunslinger from Southern Miss. You, and a couple years later, the combination of Holmgren and Favre was basically on top of the football world. Look, I, I don't know that Trey Lance is going to be elite. I do think he's better than a two. And I think if you gave him to a coach such as Brian Dayball, he'd be good. I don't know if he'd be elite, but he just might. Um, so Dayball, Andy Reid, there are coaches out there that know what the hell they're doing and have had success. I mean, they better be careful. And that's why he's, that's, again, that's why he's still on the team. They can say what they want. They can they can be as nonplussed as they want, but they're not going to let him go just yet because they're well, scared. I, just, I look at it this way, Grant. I think they only want to – I mean, I think it's a good idea. You only speak positively, basically, about your players. There is no real upside in talking to the media and throwing anything negative. So you stay to the areas where you can be positive. Right. So with Trey, if they don't feel like they can be positive about his football yet – then they're going to hang with his work ethic and his character because they can be positive nah, about that. You got to find something to be positive about with his football. Otherwise, he can't be on the team. You can't you can't play us all for fools. Well, there's, there's got to be, be something. Yeah, there's got to be something. But it doesn't mean they have to share it with us. Jeff Christensen said he's 50% better than I, I he had some praise. I'm just saying like Brian Greasy should work a little harder. Mo said I'm, I'm on his ass today. Sorry, Brian. Mo said they sent Trey to John Beck. He's probably awful. John Beck I don't know. I mean, he's had success with other guys, but apparently he wasn't getting the results with this one. Jesse Naylor says... Other, that was not, not to interrupt, but that was the other point oh, that came up on the Christensen thing is in the Barrows piece, when I had Barrows on to talk about it, um, he said that Christensen wouldn't talk about who even hooked him up, like how him and Trey came mm-hmm. together. And mm-hmm. is that because it's Jimmy? Is that because it the Niners didn't want him to work with Christensen? Is that there because you go. the Niners wanted him to work with Beck? I mean, there's Boom. obviously some behind the scenes, uh, you know. I think there's something there. to that. I think there's something to that. Why all of a sudden did he change his offseason passing coach? All of a sudden, when the last two years he was working out with the guy the Niners wanted him to work out with. It seems kind of like, okay, you're going to leave me for dead. Then I'm going to work out with this guy. Like, why would you even care, right? You're, you're shopping me, right? I'm going to get traded. I'm going to the Titans, right? No, okay, so I'm going to work out with this guy. All of a sudden, I get results. I come back, and they're like, you know what? We're going to have a quarterback competition. Like, yeah, I bet you are. I bet well, you and, and maybe are. that's why they're on the, hey, you know what? You throw the way you throw. Because ultimately, they're like, you know what? It's not about Beck. It's not about Christensen. It ain't about a quarterback coach. It's about the quarterback. Oh, and, and it's, I can't, I can't coach this, like, I can't try. I tried. Can't do it. Maybe Jeff Christensen can. It's on you. And we have to win the Super Bowl this year. So let's see how much improvement you've made. Pretty much. Last second sports. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and maybe, I mean, from their perspective, maybe 99% of all quarterbacks at this point in in their development, the way they throw is the way they throw. But they drafted an anomaly. And they drafted the exception to the rule. And I think that... They ought to, yeah. you know, kind of acknowledge that, yeah, and 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 see like it's not about healing most people, right? It's about healing this person. So you drafted you- a project. You knew he was a project. You thought you had the coaches to develop him. You don't, but you're afraid that other teams do. That's the position you're in with Trey Lance right now. It's a, it's a scary position because you feel like you, there's nothing you can do with him. Like you're more you're more intrigued about Sam Darnold working out here 
than Trey Lance. Because Sam Darnold, you think, only needs a change of scenery where Trey Lance needs a change of mechanics, and you can't do that for him, but other coaches can. So you're scared. What are you going to do? Trade him for a sixth? Maybe not. Because that could that could end up looking really bad. So you just hold on to him and hold on to him and hold on to him. And what you do eventually is just waste this dude's freaking early 20s. Like it is, I feel bad. This is why I feel bad for Trey. He didn't ask to come to this team. He was put in an impossible position. They got him injured. And they're just going to put him on ice forever. And eventually he'll go to a team at 24, 25. I like hadn't played since 19. Like, God, that sucks. The most sorry, interesting Trey. part, the most interesting part about it is when we've asked Trey at different points, hey, would you like to be elsewhere? No. He you can't even he's get to that say the question right out. And he's, he's like, no, right no, 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 no. I want to be here. I want to be here. If you were his agent, wouldn't you tell him to say that? You don't want him looking like a malcontent when he hasn't yeah, played yeah, since 2019. No, no. And also, it that. looks like you're running from the problem. Right. Like, they're you. the problem. If yep. you say, I want to be here, you're taking Agreed. ownership of your yep. play and responsibility, and I think that's the route I would Agreed. go to. Me too. Uh, Jesse Naylor, last second sports. Arrogance for the Niners' lack of effort in the quarterback position continues to show. Brian told on the team and himself, first young quarterback I've ever coached. That's the other thing I wanted to say. So I asked I asked uh, Brian Greasy, um, you mentioned that you've been talking a lot to uh, – Brock Purdy about, you know, things he needs to work on and that he'll be the first one to tell you this stuff, what that stuff is. Like, do you feel that he's better at receiving feedback than most young quarterbacks? I thought it was a good question. And he gives me this look and he goes, I don't know. He's the first young quarterback I've ever coached. And then he moves on. It's like, okay, um, no, he's not. Like, what about Trey Lance? What are we doing here, man? Did they not hire you to, to coach that guy? I'm so confused. He's the first young quarterback I've coached. Like, did you literally forget Trey Lance is on the team, dude? What are you talking about? That sounds like a dodge. He Super dodge. Dodged. Dodged. Yeah, he dodged it. He dodged. But he didn't think about what his words meant. He well, dodged I mean, it. In one way, it reminds you how inexperienced he is as a coach. But yeah, yeah. you also have this other young quarterback here, and you're his coach. Yeah, dude. Anyway, um, Irfan Mirza says, if BP isn't able to play this year and Trey and Sam struggle, do you think SF would sign Jim? <laughs> Dude, if they sign Jimmy Garoppolo next year, fire Kyle Shanahan, man. At what point are we going to be like, no more, dude. You're a hell of a coach, but you couldn't find a quarterback if your life depended on it. Sorry. No. That can't no, happen. No Jimmy G. Please, no Jimmy No Jimmy G. G. Joseph Stockbridge says, I bought, a, I bought a Lance jersey with faith in him because a blank canvas is made for artists. There are no quarterback artists on this team, though. They're frauds in that department. I think they're outing themselves. I would have to agree, man. Again, Let's let's be let's be fair because it's a great coaching staff. Bobby Turner, Chris Forrester, Chris Kasarik, Johnny Holland, Steve Wilkes, geniuses at their respective positions. They don't have that guy at quarterback on this team. It wasn't well, they, Stangarello, it wasn't Shane Day. It's not it's not greasy. I mean, I'll say this though: we've all had the teacher. I've been teaching this third grade for twenty seven years. You know what? At, at that point, you don't even see the kids. You're, you're just seeing that kid's got this personality type and this personality type. So I don't know that the experience not factor. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You necessarily. could have the most conscientious kid. Uh, you, you, you talk to Bobby Turner. I, I mean, did. that guy seems like he really, really knows his players. He on does. A, on a personal level. And can get the can actually develop his, his young running backs. And he holds them to ridiculously high standards. Yes, he does. And... Um, if, he, if it's his way or the highway, I'm not sure if he's the most flexible coach that ever walked the earth. But That's he's, his he's, eight. He's, he's, Why you know, should he's he be? a lot of success. Terrell Davis. Yeah, absolutely. All he has to do is, Scorpio. do you want me to coach you or not? What do you think? And worked for Terrell. Yeah. Al, I, Al Ace is not a fan of Hargrave at OTAs. Yeah, I thought you, you might just show up. 
your first impression. But hey, I mean, if they don't even know who their quarterback is, well, I'm just saying, man, is that disconcerting if you're 30, 35, and they're having a quarterback competition at OTAs? You know what? Maybe I'll just stay home. You let me know when you figure that out. I'm too old for this. I mean, you know, it, it, <laughs> to me, it, it's 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 also kind of like you know what? Um, after you've been to OTAs, I mean, what what are you getting done at OTAs? You know, you're 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 showing your coaches that you're in shape. You're doing mental reps. But I mean, well, you know, I think I think it's a simplistic uh, system they have anyway on their defensive front. I'm not worried about Hargrave. I mean, if you want to be a leader days. of the team, you show up like I mean, look, like Fred Warner did. And I hear you. I hear you. But you know what? I you know that's one less practice that Hargrave can tear something and be out. No, I mean you could show up and stand there and do nothing like Fred Warner did. But I mean, Fred Warner probably lives out here. Uh, does Hargrave live out here? Probably not. And then, do you really want to like find like live at the Marriott for a week or three weeks in Santa Clara? Probably not. So that's probably I, what it is. But he, he, when you get the bag, there is some responsibility too. I mean, he probably should be. I, he should show his face. But he'll so be there what? this week. He'll be there this. Yeah, week. he will. He will. Uh, I don't think any. Will Bosa be there? Will he come to mandatory mini camp or will they give him like? Bosa will be there this but, week too. You think he will? Think, yeah, he'll be there, right. but he won't. I don't. He won't be doing anything. I don't think Bosa is going to move a finger on the field until that deal gets done. All right. Give me a bold prediction for this offseason. Like it starts in a couple of days and they get about seven, eight weeks off and then training camp starts. Give me a bold um, prediction. Ronnie Bell is going to be a significant receiver for them this year. Yeah. He needs to quit dropping the ball. Man, that was dis- disappointing. He had a bad, he had a bad second OTA. But, but he man, gets a lot of targets. Clearly they trust him. It happens. His, you know, in doing the deep dive on the scouting report on Ronnie Bell, his dad is the wide receiver coach at Southwest Missouri State. Oh, that's why Ronnie Bell, oh. to me, looks like an instructional video uh, oh. on how to play yeah. receiver. Uh, I saw your son compare him receiver. to Amon Ross St. Brown and Cooper Cup. Amon Ross St. Brown, like physically, very similar. I can see that. So. That's a good. And, well, call. how about Cooper Cup? What what is Cooper Cup? Four six. He's about, he's about six two though. He's about six two. But in terms but, of I mean, like height, Ronnie, weight, speed. Yeah, Ronnie Bell doesn't look like much, but I mean, he had a couple drops in this last he practice. Open. He gets but open. The, his the ball skills are off the charts, and his ability to bounce back off the ACL from the also Jawan Jennings drops a bunch of passes in practice too. It doesn't mean he's you know has bad hands. Just I'm happy. just saying, Ronnie Bell. I really hated that pick when I saw it. I'm like, what? Why? I don't get it. Um, I get it now. I do Slot get guy. it. I really guy, like sure. Ronnie Bell. And the other the other uh, bold prediction I'll make is I, I think Jair Brown is going to take the job that, away from uh, from um, Gibson, Gibson this summer. Yeah. I, I think Jair Brown's your free safety starter week one. That would be my prediction. If Gibson misses a, a week of practice, if he gets a, a, a groin injury, a hamstring, if, if he misses any, it's over. I would agree. He would have to, he's going to have to play lights out to keep this job. And, Frankly, a 33-year-old DB probably is going to get nicked up at some point. So, yeah, I would say it's a matter of time for him. I got a bold prediction. Real Go bold. ahead. They're going to trade Brock. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they're going to <laughs> – uh, I don't think Drake Jackson's going to get that job. After, I mean, looking at him, it looks like he's put on weight, but not necessarily a ton of muscle. They're saying he's bench-pressing 315 two or three times. That doesn't sound like a starting NFL defensive end. I bet you Cleveland Farrell's a whole lot stronger than that. So I'm guessing they give him all offseason and ultimately they sign a defensive end such as Leonard Floyd or Yannick Ngakwe. I think they're going to do it the way they signed to Sean Gibson in training camp last year. Okay. I don't think he's going to get the job. That's a big, that is bold. I don't think he's going to get it. I'll get, I'll I, make one were more you there bold. with Kasarik? I don't think you were there with Kasarik, but no, he was. He talked I, for like I eight in, minutes. 
I, I came in, I saw, I looked at the room and there was like 18 people around Chris. And I was like, ah, I want to hear from Chris. But then, so I went to Johnny and, and bullets. Well, here's my impression of what he said about Drake. Since I had to take all these things down, he basically implied that Drake's work ethic last year was terrible and that now it's good. And it's like, if he just started working out, lifting every day as a, like, it's, it sounded like he was lifting like one day a week last year during the, the season. Cause he kept saying like, you know, it's, it can't just be one day a week. And this day, he st- this year, he's stacking days. It's like, okay, well, that sounds like you might be another year away. And he even said, some, some, big, some young players make their biggest leaps between years two and three. It's like, oof. So I don't know that he's there. And he's still pretty young. Is he 21? Is he tw- how he's old very, is he? He's very young. Um, how old's Drake? He is. Drake 20, he is. just turned 22. He yeah. just turned 22. So he's younger than Trey. So I, I wouldn't necessarily pencil him in as a three-down D-end on this team. Just like He just hit the three plate club on the bench. Like that doesn't really sound like a starting lineman in the NFL. Yeah. No. And, and, and he, I'll say this. He doesn't look as ripped as I thought he would look. No. He's definitely looks like he could lean out a little bit, but he's to me, he's flying off the edge. It's about to me, his Great. weightlifting is about his confidence. His confidence is, is sky high. Now we'll see what happens when they get with the Raiders and they're practicing against another team. And we'll see what it looks like in the preseason. But his confidence is off the charts um, right and now. And he doesn't have to be a three-down guy. I don't he just has to rush the quarterback. I don't see anybody that really challenge him. I mean, uh, Farrell's got mm-hmm. ten, you know, four, or 10 sacks in four seasons or something like that. Hyder's not an end. Beal looks like a situational guy. He wasn't even a full-time guy at Georgia. Austin Bryant's got skinny, skinny legs. Barrett was a practice squad guy. So unless somebody else is coming in from out the outside, I don't see anybody that can take that job away from Drake currently. But if they you need say someone Leonard who can Floyd, set the edge, they need someone I mean, who can set the edge because he can I don't think Drake's going to be able to. Like, I still don't think he's strong enough. He might be a pass rusher on third downs. I'm, I'm skeptical about that. But uh, as an edge setter like Samson Ebukam, I don't think he can do it yet. I think Cleveland Farrell would be stronger against the, the run and will probably end up starting over Drake Jackson. That's my prediction. Unless I'll they bring make, in someone like I'll, Yannick. I'll make a bold prediction. I, I think the kid they got undrafted at a North Dakota State, Wagey, is going to factor in on first and second down at defensive end opposite Bosa. <laughs> Interesting. I like that. You've been all over him. He does seem like a good athlete. Those are some good, bold predictions. Um, Jehudi Mott says, Jehudi Mott says, who is going to develop Purdy besides Purdy? Man, that was deep. That was deep. <laughs> That's a good question, man. I would I drink know. no wine like, before it's time. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. They outsource that on the 49ers, but it does seem like Purdy has a good team of people around him. He seems like he definitely has a good team of people, so I wouldn't worry about that. He's going to be in Jacksonville, I believe, lead yeah. the next month. Lead, you know, that, yep. the, they'll be developing there. I mean, the one thing that I think has to be acknowledged here is that Brock Purdy is going to develop a lot more he, I mean, he barely knew the offense. Like right. when I asked him, yeah, are, where are you compared this year compared to last year at this time? He's like, oh, it's night and day. So night and day is night and day. That's true. So I want to see but what, what the complication like with, with, with the complication in pro sports, though, is as you improve, the scouting port report against you improves as well. And it's yep. a constant battle. But that that's what makes sports fun. And I'm not saying he won't. That, but I mean, like if you look at Willie McCovey is before my time, his best yep. year in the pros is rookie year. And it didn't mean that he got worse. It just means that people got a better look at him, and then he had to deal with that. Um, he won the yeah. MVP in 69, though. I'm just saying. I, he, Hall of Fame player. I'm not saying like, he was a flash in the pan, but statistically yeah. his best year was his rookie year, 
and why did that happen? Because that happens in sports sometimes. Sometimes guys struggle at first. Some guys, sometimes guys hit the ground running, and it takes a minute for the league to catch up to them. What are they doing? But think about it this way. Kyle Shanahan's offense is also thought to be very complex. Look at the difference between Matt Ryan year one, Matt Ryan stats year two in that same offense. When you look at that, and then you you hear people talk about the complexity of, of Kyle's offense and all the shifts and motions, everything there is to learn. I you know, and then the regular yeah. development that you have year one to year two, and then you're the quarterback year one to year two. I, I think people who feel like, yeah, Brock's totally a finished product. He's a finished product compared to Trey Lance. He's a finished product compared to a lot of rookie quarterbacks, but that's far different than a finished but product. But people still remembered Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded here, you know, learning well. enough of the playbook in a month, winning five games. Like people remember that. And he came back down to earth because for the same reason. Lee got to look at him. They're like, okay, you're limited. You can't do this. You can't do this. Got it. All right. So now we're going to do this. I mean, and then uh, ultimately he couldn't overcome the book on him. I mean, I don't think he can. Uh, we'll see what Brock, what I think is interesting about what Greasy's basically saying is that, yeah, Brock's good. You know, he's poised. He's mobile. He's got a good escape ability. He's accurate, but we want him better in the pocket. We want him to be a better pocket quarterback. That's where they stand with him. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're being too hard on him, uh, but he did not step up in the pocket on that play and Kyle immediately blamed him for it. And he is a little small. I mean, maybe he's not the kind of guy who does step up in the pocket. Maybe he's always going to be the guy who backs out of it like Kyler Murray. Don't know. In which case, maybe that's why Brian Greasy is so intrigued with Sam Darnold, you know, and his. Well, I mean, you, all, well, if all the years watching Steve Young, Joe Montana, all the great quarterbacks you can think of, how many of them um, tried to escape out the back door? It's a bad. So it's he, a bad habit. It's a. It, and I think it's, it's things like it's moments like that that they're pointing yeah. to and saying, "Hey, look, yep. we're going to eradicate Enough. this part of his game. We're going to, yeah. you know, try to work on other aspects." But there's some. I mean, come on, we're talking about a very young. We're talking about a 23 year old player. So he's going to get better. I mean, he's going to get, and, and there's, he's not totally arrived. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that's normal. I, I don't, I don't, hmm. I don't find it abnormal to say that, man, Brock has not fit, you know, hit the ceiling because yeah. realistically, I don't even know that he knew the entire scope of the offense last year. That's true. That's fair. I think what's sad about what happened to Brock is that damn injury. That really sucks. I feel bad for Brock because now you don't know what that arm's going to be like. Um, hopefully it's, no issue for him. Definitely well, not, for him to make a full recovery. And not just hopefully. If it's if it's, if his arm loses a zip, his whole dynamic super uh, you sad. know, I mean his whole winning equation could break down if he can't throw the deep out. Then he would the just window. be the next young quarterback that Kyle Shanahan ruined, honestly. From RG three to this kid. Like I feel Brock, praying for you, dude. Hope you make it back. We all like you and Rufio. Sometimes I People think that like I'm like rooting against him. And I'm dug in on Trey. Like I don't care. I'm not rooting for Trey. I do feel like Trey's gotten a raw deal, but now I feel bad for Brock too. Like he's under the knife after eight starts, and that's a disturbing trend for Kyle's young quarterback. So Brock, wishing y'all the best, baby. I'm where you. Well, right. I mean, I think you like a lot of people. A lot of, like a lot of the fans too, are invested in the idea that Trey Lance was brought here to right. be the face of the franchise. Win a Super Bowl. To elevate over the hump. To, the, to the top tier yeah. quarterbacks and uh -huh. to be the face of this franchise for give you something you years. didn't have at the quarterback position. Take you into something new. And there's a but lot no. of people that don't feel comfortable uh, moving off that, especially after four starts. I mean, it's, it'd be one thing if it's like compare the Jets and the Niners. Okay, Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan. Robert Sala goes to the Jets. They hire Zach. They they, they draft Zach Wilson ahead of Trey Lance. 
And he's really rejected more than Trey. Like, he plays 20-something games. He loses a lot. His locker room rebels against him. They make T-shirts about the back. No one did that to Trey here. They they uh, keep the, they wrap their arms around him. They keep him on the team. They bring in Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Like, here, he's only had four starts. And now you're talking about Sam Darnold is better than him. Like, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know. Well, you know, in a way, it's the same thing, right? It's like the Jets got to look at Zach Wilson. Are did they release him? No, they got they, they got twenty games. A, look though, but did they pawn him off for a fifth round pick? No, he's just still there on their on their roster. But are they leaning on him? No. And the Niners did the exact same thing. Trey's on their roster. They're not leaning on him. And yeah, they but they replaced him. him for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, right. he, he started twenty two games, and they replaced him with Aaron Rodgers. Like Trey Lance started four. And they're replacing him with a guy who started eight, but not also, Aaron also didn't lose a game except for the Philly game. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy had a Jimmy went sixteen and two to start his career. Like I don't want to hear about the win loss. I love Brock. I'm, but I'm saying like it's it's very it's a huge unknown what they're doing. They didn't they they, don't, they didn't pivot to a Hall of Fame quarterback. They pivot to another young quarterback that had a, a nice start to his career, a great start to his career. I think but they look at Brock still as unknowns. Found. Brock to them is like literally walking down Market Street and there goes a $100 bill blowing in the wind. Oh, look at that. I got Look at that. $100 yeah, bill. That's great. That's great. But that doesn't mean you that that you're rich now. You just have $100. <laughs> like you don't you don't quit your job because you found a freaking $100 bill. You still work, baby. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. I got a question for you. Is the Niners offensive line a strength or a weakness? It's often discussed as a weakness, but let's go through it. Um, you got the best left tackle in pro football. If you still believe he's at that level, that's debatable. Then you got Banks and Burford who to me look like absolute 10 year starter building block, uh, behemoths at guard. I love that, that guard tandem. And then the center was a pro bowl alternate. Now I, I think there's more powerful centers. I think you could upgrade there, but then you also bring in a guy like Feliciano, uh, to kind of supplement what you have. Uh, you got some other young players. It's really, I think, a very good line. And then Colton McKivitz is a question mark. But you know what? The Eagles have an awesome line, too, and they just changed out their right guard. So they got, mm. they, got, they got an awesome line and a question mark. I just think the Niners line gets maligned a little bit too easily. And if we actually went, you say, okay, it's not a very good line. The Niners don't have a very good line. I've heard lots of people throw that out as the premise of their point. The line sucks, but it sucks. Trent Williams is the best. The center is a borderline pro bowler. The guards okay. are probably foundation pieces for the next decade. So are we saying so. this line sucks because we have this terrible feeling about McKivitz? And who I, I personally think, uh, if I was going on another bold prediction, I don't think they're going to miss McGlinchey at all. I really don't. I don't think McGlinchey is, I don't think what they lose in the run game with McGlinchey is going to be like, oh my God, my God. McKivitz is a disaster blocking against the run. I think McKivitz is going to be cheaper. I think he's going to be a better pass protector and it's a passing league. So I don't see the Niners offensive line as horrible. I see the Niners offensive line as kind of more mid, but, if you go position by position, I don't really have a problem with any of the guys other than I'd love to have McKivitz in an ideal world in a utility role. And I'd like to have like a big time, you know, uh, first round, mid first round pick right tackle. Other than that, I kind of like the line. I don't like it. 
I think it's a weakness. Who don't you like? It's definitely on it? not a strength. I mean, Trent Williams wasn't in shape to start last season. He doesn't come to OTAs. He tries to work himself into shape. He gets injured early in the year. I mean, yeah, he's still really good, but he's not what he used to be. Aaron okay. Banks, I don't. I'm not certain he's going to get a second contract with this team. Uh, Brendel's decent. Um, not sure why he was a Pro Bowl alternate. That was, that escaped me. Like he's decent. Uh, Burford don't don't know that he's going to get a second contract with the team. And McKibbin's like you have one first round pick on your offensive line. That's that's what you got. Like when the Niners had Kaepernick, when the Niners went to the Super Bowl, they had three first round picks on their offensive line. That was the best offensive line in the league. That was a strength. You had Staley, you potty, Anthony Davis in their primes. That was a really good offensive line. And there are other offensive lines like that with I mean, Detroit has three first round picks. Uh I just feel like the Niners, like, I mean, you're it's well coached. Blue, blue it's, it's, You're yeah, it's well coached. It's I mean, well coached. You, yeah, that's the I other mean, they thing punch too. above they their weight. Really coach. They punch above their weight, but it's like, what do you really expect, man? I mean, I mean, you got fourth round pick, you got a late second round pick, you got an undrafted free agent, you got a fifth round pick. Like, yeah, it's it's okay. It's all right. It could be I better like, if they actually I, invested in it. I like Banks. I like Burford. I'm not sure about Brendel, and I'm not sure about Trent, you know, as far as how much man. more does he have? Where exactly is he? Um he, you know, he's thought of as the best, but is that like a yesteryear kind of a rep and he's no longer that player? Yeah. Um, I could I could see that argument. I'd listen to that argument. Brendel, to me, is a little underwhelming. McKivitz, I could okay. see, is just it's an okay. okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Feliciano takes that job from him. Like, let's see Brendel do it again. Let's see him do it again. But the yeah. fact that they have Feliciano, I think, is a mm-hmm. good thing, too. I think they're That's fortified true. there. So I look at center as true. you got Brendel and Feliciano. I look at the not Zakel, not Zakel. Yeah, Zakel had, <laughs> had two fumbled snaps, but I like Zakel as a prospect. I mean, he's smart, sure. he's tough, he's physical. Guard, um, probably a guard. Joey, I thought it was interesting when I asked uh, Forster about it. They said they were bringing in uh, Fisher as a tackle slash guard. He's like, he's a guard, guard. I mean, I couldn't even get the question out, and he's like, guard, guard. He's not a not a center, not a ta- not a tackle. So to me, they're a little thin at right tackle. But besides that, I kind of like the line. I don't I don't think it's that bad. The coach says, Larry, the question was, is the Niners offensive line a strength or a weakness as opposed to our team? Not good or bad. Don't deflect. First of all, it's, it was my question. I'm the one who came up with this question. But I, I, I think it's I think it's closer to a strength than a weakness. And we obviously just have a dif- difference of agreement here. Um, I, I, I do. It's the weakest accept- position group on the offense. Uh, I would say the tight ends. I would say the tight ends behind Kittle are really weak. I don't like the tight ends behind Kittle, to be honest. That would be my wow, shots concern. fired at Cam Latu. Yeah, well, it's been a third round something. pick on a number two tight end. It's been a third round pick on a number two tight end. That's I've a pretty high investment. In. I know. I've been, honing, I've been honing in on him. I don't. I'm not seeing it. I'm not. I'm not seeing what the strength is. Now I talked to Flurry, the tight end coach, and you know he's talking about there's development there. He really loves Braden Willis. I'll say if I was making another bold prediction, I would put Willis as their two tight end. But I'm not a Warner guy. I don't think he. I don't think he moves anybody on the line of scrimmage. He's more of a try hard guy, not a dwelly guy. I think he's a liability as a blocker and just okay as a receiver. I don't see if Kittle was down for a month, they would be damaged. Uh, How many me, teams in the NFL would Colton McKivitt start for? That I, I don't know. Probably not too many. Probably not, not many. more than five or six. And that's a problem when you're a Super Bowl contender. Like, wh- why do you have? Why is Colton McKivitt starting for you? He wouldn't even start for the for the the, the Rams. Like, wh- what? 
the, huh? this this is all this all stems back to the Solomon Thomas Javon Kinlaw. You know they 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 they, they prioritize D line over O line, and then they whiffed on Solly. And so yeah. instead of going Werfs, they went Kinlaw. That should have been yeah. Werfs, and they and it should have yeah. been Werfs there. And if they had Werfs, they've been. But instead, and it would definitely be a strength. They had to yeah. keep going D line, D line, D line, and yeah. now they've got to go fill in with a, more of a utility type player. But let's before we lose our minds, they did get to the NFC Championship game with Tom Compton, and I think McClin- I think uh, McKivitz is clearly a better prospect than Compton. That's my thought. Shots fired at Tom Compton. Didn't think we'd go there today, but <laughs> no, I like Tom Compton, but I like McKivitz. <clears throat> I'm not, you know, it's very funny, different. Yeah, they, Tom they Compton was a legitimately good run blocker that year. Uh, he's just horrendous in pass protection. I think McKivitz is going to be better in pass protection than Tom Compton, but he can't run like Tom. Tom is like Forrest Gump. Like that boy can run. That man can run. He's like 33. I don't think anybody's Tom ever going to be impressed Big fan. by McKivitz. I'm impressed but, by Tom Compton. I have a Tom Compton jersey. <laughs> right around town. But I think he could be effective. Let's just say that. I don't he think he's be. going to be overwhelming. I think you'll always be looking to upgrade. And I think in an ideal world, McKivitz is your is your sixth lineman, right? Brother. He's the guy that comes off the bench and can play anywhere. Um, yeah, ideally, but yeah. not on this team. He's starting. On this team, Brother, he's starting right tackle. Oof. Brother Rob says, Grant, you still think Brock is Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 with noodle arm? Um, I mean, look. I'm sorry. It hurts people's feelings. I'm not trying to be mean to Brock. Brock is a really good player. But after all the nice things you say about Brock, and there's a lot of them, he still has the weakest arm of all the starting quarterbacks in the league. And you could say it doesn't matter. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he was still 8-0. No. He was. So you could I mean, he, he, project he, into the future and say it's going to catch up to him or not. And we don't even know what the arm He could come back stronger. He could come back stronger. We don't know. But you have to say he has the weakest arm of all the starting quarterbacks. Does it matter? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, ultimately, anybody. Jeff Garcia thinks it doesn't matter. Kurt Warner thinks it doesn't matter. The Niners think it don't. So we'll see. I mean, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm not writing him off. He's here for a while. I mean, get his chance. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's all he has to say, man. 33 a game. No doubt. James Dernal says, do you see BP captain after uh, they denied Trey Lance last year? Good question. Who were the captains? Or it, does this team have captains, or is it just that committee? Yeah, they have captains. No, they seven, do have captains. They have seven captains. Yeah, they do. I forget who the captains. So who are, are they? Are who they are haven't they? had a? That'd be a good question. Armstead. I don't know. Armstead. Um, Warner. Bosa. Warner. Uh, Jimmy Ward last year probably. Yeah, Jimmy Ward. Um, I forget. Fred. We got Fred Warner. Flanagan. Kittle. Fowles, maybe Kittle. Kittle. Not Flanagan Falls. Well, maybe uh, special team captain. Who was a special teams captain? I don't think they had one. I don't think they had one. Grant, shots fired by Larry. No defense for your guy, Dwelly. Let's hear it, Grant. USD's finest. I know. I mean, <laughs> I, that was just uncalled for. Uh, I really would like to see Ross Dwelly go to a team that throws the ball because he's on this run first team. He's not a blocker. He's a he has glorified elite, receiver. He's elite hand-eye coordination. He runs a 5-1. Liter- literally. Like, he runs a 5-1. But... He catches the ball and gets open somehow, some way. So I'd like to see him go to a team that throws. I mean, he's a success receiver. story. Whether I mean, and I have recognized that he he was a yeah. Torero and he's had an I'm entire right. NFL career. So he's Hell a success yeah. story. I just, and he's I, been on the team this long because they know he's an NFL player. They just re-signed him this year. Um, if they cut him, he will end up on another team. And I, 
I hope he does because you know they're not going to use him on this freaking team. Well, and he's won't. got Jimmy killed one time. He looks, you know, to me, going from Dwelly to Croft is an upgrade in blocking, and that that says it all. Yeah, remember how the 49ers used to use Garrett Selleck in 2017? They called it Selleck time. It was yep. like, look, he's so slow that you're not going to cover him. So we're going to throw it to him one time a game, and it's going to be a 30-yard touchdown. And it's going to be hilarious. And they did it a lot. I always thought they could do that with Dwelly. It's like, no one's covering him. No one's thinking about him. But he'll catch the ball. He'll get open. It'll be a big play. It could have been Dwelly time. It never was Dwelly time. It should have been Dwelly time. And I lament oh, the think, fact that it wasn't. Willis, I think, takes his job. That'll be my my guess this summer. Maybe not, yeah. but that'll be my guess. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Larry bet me picking a pickle that Lance will reclaim QB1. Did he? Picking a pickle. You mean you're just betting picking a pickle because they just give you free stuff. No, That's no, he's fair. asking me. He's asking oh, me. Oh, okay. He's like, Larry, please bet me. Well, go on his channel and propose the bet. <laughs> yeah, Brother Bob. Yeah. Thanks thanks for the super. All right, it's 11 o'clock. I don't need, I don't need to out. be. I don't need. Last time I bet somebody, it turned, didn't turn out well. Yeah, man, we got we to gotta take our emotions out of these sports takes. I really don't care. I try to laugh through it. I really don't care. If you ever see me getting upset about a sports take of mine, please slap me in the face. Because I don't care. Have you ever all. have you ever blocked a 49er content creator on Twitter? Hell yeah. You have some guys I used to work with after last year after that Kinlaw <laughs> stuff. But, but nah, nah. Oh, really? I'm, oh, that was yeah, bad. absolutely. Some people not on the team anymore. Oh, that but, was um, the okay, that was the other mm -hmm. one that we didn't hit today that I thought was the oh, most yeah. interesting part of the uh of the coaching thing is that Koseric is now am I butchering? How do you pronounce Koseric? I believe it's uh is it Kocherik? No. Koseric? See now now you got me confused. Is it Koseric? I, I think it's Koseric. I think it's Koseric. Koseric. Yeah. He says that Javon Kinlaw, this is the first this is the quote. This is the first offseason since we've had Javon that he's been able to start the offseason healthy and actually stack days on top of each other and we've been going for a while now and he's been continuously stacking days. If you just go back to his career, his rookie year was the coronavirus year where I didn't see him until the first day of camp. Then he shows up. That's he true. tries uh, tries to, as a rookie, come in with really no offseason and go through a camp. Brain was spinning and just trying to line up the defense and all that stuff. Then he got hurt late in his rookie year. He kind of went into the next offseason where he's rehabbing. He basically said this is the first year that Javon Kinlaw is physically right. Is there any chance that Kin, that the Kinlaw that we've seen to date is not the Kinlaw that we see going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he just needed to stay healthy so he could improve in practice because he has a really good coach. And the coach is telling you, like, the guy hasn't been here. Like, he wasn't here the first offseason. He wasn't here the second offseason. He wasn't here the third offseason. He hasn't had a chance to get the Chris Kacerik effect. My only thing with um, Kinlaw at this point is even if the knee holds up, like, how much weight did he lose to get to a point where there's not too much force on this knee. Like it seemed like they drafted him. He was 325. Now he looks like he's 295 or 285. He looks so is really he, lean. Really lean. So what is he, what is his skill set now? But I mean, honestly, like anything is better than what he was giving when he was injured. Like he was injured before. So if he could just be healthy, stay on the field, he might actually be an, I don't know about an impact player, but a contributor for them. Or, you know, here's my question that I would love to have asked Chris. Did you guys tell Javon to get this lean or did he yeah. just look at at Javon Hargrave and the money that he got 
and and he knows he's a pass rusher and says, screw it. I'm going to be a pass rusher. I'm going to get as lean as I can get. Is it Kinlaw observing Hargrave's money saying, I want some of that? Or did the Niners have a game plan and say, no, no, 320 is not working for you because you're not functionally strong there. So let's lean out and let's play you in a rotation and let's try to get to the quarterback a little bit more this year. I, that that's the answer. Or maybe running on a 325 pound frame hurt his knee. Right. Maybe that was painful. Maybe he just can't do that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of last year, Javon's uh, production seemed to deteriorate. Like, like his best game was, was his hurt. first game. And then yeah. it got worse, worse, worse. So maybe it yeah. was the knee. Maybe it, it was definitely, the, the you knee. know, the, the chronic yeah. pain. So who knows? But the, I'm, he is a guy better or for worse. And I'm really eager to see what he what he put it puts on the field this year, this summer, because he's got talent. He's got talent. There's not the work ethic. He's got the drive. I mean, it's interesting. Compare him to Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson is like figuring it out. You look at his body. You're like, "Mm, not yet. You look at Javon Kinlaw's body. There's no there's no question there. He's got the work ethic. He's got the the body. He's got the athleticism. It's just like, will his knee hold up long enough for him to improve under a great coach? So far, the answer has been no. And it's a shame. Um, but this year he's been out. We, we see every day we're out there. He's out there. It wasn't yeah. always like that in the past. So this is so it's like a so far so good situation. I would and love it. I'm I rooting for him. Love it. Oh, I mean, I am too. And I would love yeah. it if Chris is right. I mean, could you imagine yep. if the 49ers show up this summer and, and Drake and Kinlaw are ballers? Yeah, that would be found money. That's going to found money, right? That's going to, that's going to be a significant moment. Uh, Adrian Ag- Aguilar says, Hey Grant, will you ever go live with Rob Shue again? Y'all had great segments. Hmm. Thinking no. Bobby right, what, D. What happened there? Anything? To, no. Not worth talking about. Did no. the Niners make you stop working with Sybil? Wow, we're really going over. No. No. Can we stop with the drama? Hey, no, but people I gotta, love, we gotta end people this. People love drama, man. People love drama. Let's stop with the drama. Um, <laughs> I love all my content creators that I work with. Uh, it's it's 11 o'clock on a beautiful day in the bay let's go outside everyone thanks for watching are you streaming today or are you going outside are you touching grass what are we doing i'm i'm uh i'm i got my uh my 13 year old grants playing baseball this afternoon the most fun. fun moment of my week is to watch my kids play ball and i'll be out there what position you play what position he plays second and he plays a little nice. outfield and um uh, I'm proud of him. I'm, I think I'm right now. I'm going to go take him to the the batting cage out in Concord, so nice. maybe he'll have some success against some of these. I moved to the outfield when I was 13 because at 13, kids can finally hit it to the outfield, and I like running as opposed to shuffling. Nothing against right. infield. There's action in the infield, but there's isn't action it, in the outfield too. It's funny, isn't that funny? It's like when you're in little league, like the you know, let's say 11 and under, outfield is like outfield it's is like bad. where you play put the kids who can't yeah. play. Then right. suddenly. You better have some good outfielders yeah. or everybody's Especially hitting home Especially center run. field. Especially yeah. center field. If you don't have a guy who can catch gap to gap, you're screwed. And I moved to center field at 13. I love that position. I <laughs> I got the a big the, the big 13-inch glove that you wore like on the end of your fingers so you can like good time. The six right. the six finger right. Ichiro glove, good time. There was a there was a game last weekend. I felt so bad. It wasn't my kid. The, the right fielder, guy hits a drive to right center. Right fielder's on the dead run. He's got yeah. his he's got his glove extended. He's running. Yeah. He's looking. Boom, right off the head. Oh no, the, yes. the Jose Canseco. Off the head. That happens to kids and then they never play uh they'll, they'll go home crying they never play after And the coach goes, terrible. "Hey, you okay?" And of course the kid's more disgusted no. with himself. He's like, "No, no, you, you know, we're at no. the age now where he's like, "I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. I'm freaking yeah, fine." 
That happened yeah, to infield too, though. That when you miss, it hits you in the in the in the you know where, and it hurts. That that's I, it'll either get you in the face or the jewels, and neither one is fun. So yeah. screw the infield, man. Screw the infield. That's not, yeah. I mean, screw catching. Anyway, dude. catching. Yeah, screw catching. catching I would have loved to be a pitcher, but I couldn't. I didn't throw that hard. Couldn't do it. Center field was fun. My favorite thing about baseball was playing center field and stealing bases. Here's the ultimate running. question. The ultimate question. What was Lowell verbal or quiet? No, at your game, super quiet. He was not the uh, Grant. No, he never said a damn word. <laughs> Good. He said no, he and the best thing he ever did for me was smart. get me a uh, shooty as a batting coach when I was fifteen. I was a terrible hitter, but by the there time I was seventeen, I could drive the ball to right center. I was proud of that. It's not easy to drive the ball to right center. Mac Shooty Babbitt. He's a hell of a hitting coach. Had me uh, hitting like Ricky Henderson by the time I was real low in a, in a wide. It was cool. Thank you. you another super there. Another super on the way out. Oh, I got another one. All right. Uh, Alan Jazz Party says, Grant, you're not Man City. You actually have some decent competition if the Niners go to crap. Jesse has last second sports too. Genius. I don't understand <laughs> any right. of that. He's Alien Jazz channel. Party. Yeah. If they go to if they go to crap, they won't. They'll be in the mix forever. Forever. Oh, they're they're, right, Larry. they're not gonna be that bad. They're, they're, no, they're going to be good. The Niners, they're the, they're the, they've got the highest uh, odds of going to the uh, Super Bowl out of the yeah. NFC right now. All right, all right, all right. All Let's right. go have a good day. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, for everyone, for watching. I'll see you guys later.